Welcome to the 11th Annual Symposium for Grantees Roundtable Discussion Podcast. This discussion of the Roundtable centered around why quantitative and qualitative data collection is important to help measure the success of your organization. Our host, Carolyn Murphy, Communications Manager at Kessler Foundation, had the opportunity after the symposium to speak with Elaine Katz, Senior Vice President of Grants and Communications at the Foundation, Kathy Crepzio, Executive Director and Senior Researcher, John J. Haldred Center for Workforce Development, Rutgers, the State University of New Jersey, Ryan Allridge, Program Manager for New England Business Associates, and Kevin Nickerson, Co-Director of the American Dream Employment Network, a division of National Disability Institute. This podcast was recorded on Thursday, 27, 2016, at the Kessler Conference Center at 120 Eagle Rock Ave, East Hanover, New Jersey, and is sponsored by Kessler Foundation. It was edited and produced by Joan Banks-Smith of Kessler Foundation. For more information about the Roundtable participants, be sure and read their bios within the description of this podcast. All right, we're here today after the uh, 11th Annual Grantee Symposium at Kessler Foundation. Uh, we're going to talk with Elaine Katz, uh, who uh, Senior VP of Grants and Communications and the organizer of the conference. Elaine, tell us about what motivated you to prioritize this topic for today's symposium. I think the world has changed for nonprofit organizations. Everybody is now data-driven. Um, all their stakeholders are requiring data as funders. Funders are now requiring data. It's not enough. Uh, in this type of environment where uh, public funds are being cut, monies are hard to find to do the projects you want. Um, it's very difficult without data to show that you're a worthy agency and the work you do is valuable. With data, you have actually the information to back up how good you are as an organization and the value of your work. We are here with Kathy Krepsio, who's Executive Director and Senior Researcher at the John J. Heldridge Center for Workforce Development at Rutgers State University of New Jersey. Uh, Kathy, can you tell us about the importance of data uh, to the work that you do? Well, since we're a university-based research organization, without data we can't conduct research. So obviously the data that we collect in all different kinds of ways is vital to um, the evaluation work that we do for many workforce development programs. Um, and we and today the topic of today's was really focusing on quantitative data, but also looking at the the both using quantitative and qualitative data to assess how well a program is working, um, whether it's a program for people with disabilities or a program for unemployed workers or ex-offenders or welfare recipients. Um, the public wants to know, public funders want to know, and private funders want to know how well their dollars are being invested and whether they're making an impact on the community. And especially for employment programs, the number one thing they want to know is, are people getting jobs and at what wages? And are they getting jobs in high-growth industries or in industries that matter? And so being able to use data instead of anecdotes as a, as a reason is important because you want to be able to say that I had this many people get a job, and I had this many people get a job at this wage, or I have this many people gaining an income from doing certain things. So without being able to measure how people are doing, then you really can't assess how well you're doing as an organization, and or well you're doing in the community, or whether you're making a community impact. 
Ryan Aldridge, Program Manager, New England Business Associates. Uh, tell us about uh, how data are utilized uh, in your organization. Uh, we use data for really any and everything. Uh, our data is used to track the hours that we utilize with the individuals that we serve. It's used to monitor contract utilization rates with the state of Connecticut uh, and Massachusetts. It's utilized to uh, provide a measurement as to whether we need to look at increasing or potentially decreasing our staff. It is used as a measurement of marketing and outreach. So we'll, tr we'll track things such as our employment rate, our average wage, average hours worked, the industry that someone is working in so that we can show that as a provider agency providing employment services to people with disabilities that we're doing the work that we're being asked to do and that we are uh, one of the you know one of the premier providers because of the data that we provide we can show that we are a premier provider and that we do the work that we say we're going to do. Kevin Nickerson, co-director, American Dream Employment Network, Division of National Disability Institute. Um, Kevin, tell us about uh, how you utilize data at the uh, American Dream Network. Yes, well, I, I, like Ryan said, it's, uh, it's used to measure all, the, all of our efforts, both for our funder, which is important, uh, at the Kessler Foundation, uh, and the Social Security Administration. We have certain requirements that uh, that we have to collect as a, as a part of our annual report that goes to them. Uh, more importantly, in, in my opinion, and we're a little different than most ENs in that we're an administrative model, and we have many different uh, agencies that we contract with across the country. Our data can really help us to see the performance of each of our members and, and how they're doing and, and if they're progressing in ways that we think they should be. And last but certainly not least, in fact, I think the most important reason we use data is to see if the services we're offering are making a difference in the participants' lives that we serve, and those would be people receiving Social Security disability benefits. And are we helping people to really move forward in their goals? Are we helping people to become self-sufficient? Right, let's look at, take a look at the big picture. We all know that there's a, a significant gap in employment between people with and without disabilities. Uh, we do a monthly uh, NTI, which is our National Trends in Disability Employment Report, so we, we track uh, this pretty closely. Uh, although recently we've seen a, an improving trend, uh, I think we're all aware that the gap remains very significant. How do you see, um, and uh, anyone is welcome to answer this, um, the data-driven approach addressing significant, that significant gap? Well, I'll just say, first of all, you wouldn't know there was a gap if you didn't have the data. And so because you're able to look at the data, you're able to assess that there is indeed a gap and that there's a gap as opposed to people who don't have disabilities. So data is was helping you make that case and to sort of drive that. And I think because the, the federal government and NTIDE reports are able to look at that over a period of time, they're able to push policy. And I think since I've been involved in the disability employment field, being able to say, this is the labor force participation of people with a disability, this is one without a disability, and look at the difference, and look at the difference over time, oh, maybe we should have a policy that tries to close that gap. And so it has motivated uh, the federal government to be able to make the case to Congress to put more money into helping people with disabilities. It has motivated the uh, Department of U.S. Department of Labor, uh, Office of Federal Contract Compliance, to come up with this 50. 
503 things. So, so there's a goal now for, for federal contractors. Um, and because they can track this over time, um, it also gives them a, 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 a foundation to be able to say, okay, we're doing these policies. Are they making a difference? Or in some instances, is, it, is there things going on in the labor market? Like we are seeing a tightening of the labor market. So maybe these carrots and then these sticks are having making a difference with, with, a, with a more uh, generous labor market. So as the labor market tightens, employers are now looking to this population to fill some of the, their gaps that they have in their own employment, in addition to being incentivized by the federal government um, with, with the Work Opportunity Tax Credit, with other kinds of tax credits, as well as with this uh, new, new compliance factor. So I do think data was critical in, in moving a lot of these policy mm -hmm. agendas forward to help improve employment. I think I can touch on what Kathy said from a service standpoint. Uh, we all have, in the field at least, we're very familiar with the fact that individuals with disabilities are as reliable, if not more reliable, than, than their non-disabled counterparts that on the job. Uh, attendance is, is higher, performance morale, staff morale is higher at employers that are, are willingly hiring people with disabilities. I think that the data that we, t we keep as service providers, as far as hours per week worked, uh, and also the qualitative data as far as job satisfaction can also contribute to closing the gap and convincing employers slowly but surely that hiring people with disabilities is a net gain both uh, both financially and from a theor from a uh, philosophical perspective and it's been proven again and again that putting people to work with or without disabilities if you're receiving unemployment or if you're on some sort of uh, subsidy or benefits that the net savings on the uh, on the American taxpayer is significant over a long period of time. And the, I guess the only thing I would add is that I agree that uh, the number that makes most sense to look at is the uh, labor participation rate and uh, USDOL has taken note and as such has offered many federal contracts to engage uh, the, work, the workforce development system in our country to address this problem. More recently, the disability employment initiatives are rounds of funding that are going to multiple states to improve the services in our workforce system across the country for people with disabilities because we understand this is a huge issue. So I'd like to uh, get your impressions of today's uh, uh, symposium. Uh, quite a large group came together. Uh, did you learn anything or or have any observations on the exchanges from today? I think at the beginning of the event, uh, there were a lot of challenges that were that were posed, not only from Kathy's morning presentation, but also many of the questions that were posed from the panel discussion were challenges from providers, uh, you know, small and large, ranging from time investments to overhead costs to the use of multiple systems and. Uh, you know, a sort of a, a dream moving forward of a standardization of data collection. And I think that by the end of the discussion, I think that a lot of those challenges had kind of been talked through. And I do, I, obviously, they're going to remain challenges until they're implemented and a solution is in place. But I really got the sense that the, the discussion left the attendees with a, with a path forward to implement some solutions to overcome some of those challenges so that everybody that attended today is going to have more of a focus on data and understand the importance and move forward with better data collection that's going to contribute to the overall uh, big picture. Yeah, I agree with Ryan. I, um, 
I think that a lot of these organizations really came in here saying that they collect some data but didn't realize how important it is. Um, and the point was made by Ryan, actually, in part of our, our dialogue piece, is that how do you know when to hire staff? And unless you have data, you don't really know what um, it's costing your organization to run this program. And that's where most organizations now are running into trouble. Either they hire staff at an inappropriate time, as was mentioned, or they may try to expand a program without the backup to see if that's really a valuable service or it's actually going to be of help or there's money to support it. So I think the importance of collecting data was made. Also that it doesn't have to be sophisticated, that it doesn't matter how you collect data, but you not only have to collect it, but you have to interpret it and use it because otherwise why have your staff buy into the whole idea of collecting data when you're not going to use it. Does anybody have anything else to add? Well, I was I was very surprised because sometimes I think being a university researcher, I'm alone in the data, you know, loving data, understanding data analysis, and, and as Elaine said, displaying it and interpreting it. But it was great to see that there were folks that had come into the room and who also understood the importance of it. And it's not usually a conversation that, you know, if someone asks me what I do for a living, I don't say, hey, I do data, because it usually people run away from you. <laughs> um, so it was nice that people didn't run away from us, but they were engaged and enthusiastic about doing a better job. Uh, my takeaway was that, uh, you know, when we look at a lot of smaller agencies, often the issue is cost, right? But Elaine makes a good point. It doesn't have to be expensive. In fact, the, the basis of our database now, which is really sophisticated that we use for our National Employment Network model, came from an Excel product that was developed years ago out of the need to really figure out, was I capturing all the information I should to figure out if I was doing the right things for our customers? So it doesn't necessarily take a lot of money to get started. Of course, as you add data elements and become more sophisticated, then sometimes you have to move to other other systems and processes, but you can start simply. To learn more about our scientists and the research of Kessler Foundation, go to www.kesslerfoundation.org. That's www.kesslerfoundation.org.